It's my privilege to welcome one of our elders who's going to be ministering this morning. He's uh, technically not an elder, he's more a younger, but uh, he, he, he's a man way beyond his, uh, in terms of maturity and godliness. He is, uh, Stephen Montgomery is, is a blessing. He is such a blessing. We love him so much. And he's such an inspiration. Everybody that he has anything to do with, he just loves people so passionately. And uh, so it's a great honor for me to welcome Stephen here this morning to minister the word. Okay, let's put our hands together. Okay, awesome, guys. Um, thanks. I'm so excited this morning to, to share the message. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. We've really just started this morning warming up with the worship, and we're going to continue later. Uh, I can really just feel the Holy Spirit's presence in, in this house. So is anybody excited with me this morning? Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay, so... We're going to start soon, but before we start, I just want to show you a, a video clip, a short clip, and a little bit of background. He's from Angus Bucken. He's an evangelist, and he's speaking, about two years ago, he was speaking in Israel, and uh, it's in a place where um, they don't, very rarely, at that time of the year when he, when, he was spoke, when he spoke, very rarely they see rain coming. I think they said in the last 18 years, um, they hadn't seen rain at that time, um, and the wind also doesn't normally blow, but let's just have a look at the clip, if you can put down the, the lights, and uh, we're just going to watch, and then I'm going to continue. Wow, isn't that exciting? When Jesus comes in, when Jesus pitches up, when the Holy Spirit pitches up, even the weather starts to change, amen? What's your expectation this morning? I understand that they're going to come back with a fire, but I want to say that this morning there's fire here, there's fire in this place. This morning, we're going to trust that, God, that Jesus comes and baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and with fire here this morning. So I've come in church, I'm coming to declare to you this morning that our God is not dead, but He's alive. Some of you are not getting it. I'm coming to declare to you this morning that our God is not dead, but He is alive. Our God is not dead, but He is alive. He's no longer a baby in a manger. He's no longer a broken man on the cross. He's no longer a dead person in the grave. He's risen and he's alive. And he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. And he's ruling and he's reigning. He's the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords. Amen. But scripture also tells us that he's not staying in heaven forever. There's a day that's going to come and the day is right around the corner where Jesus is going to return. The day that is coming back, the second coming, is around the corner, people, where Jesus is going to return. The question that I have for you this morning is, are you ready? Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? Because Scripture says that no one knows the time or the date or the hour when He's going to come. Scripture says He's going to come like a thief in the night. In the same house, father will be taken, mother will be left. In the same house, sister will be taken and brother will be left. This is serious and this is real, guys. Jesus is coming the second time when he's coming. He's not going to come like the first time he came. And he said, I'm here to serve. I've come to serve and to lay down my life as a ransom. Not to be served. The second time is not going to be the same. The second time, Scripture says, he's going to come with a white horse, with fire in his eyes. 
with a sword coming from his mouth. And on his robe and on his thigh there will be written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And that time when he's coming, the second time he's coming to judge. He's not coming to, to serve, he's coming to judge. So question this morning that I have for you, are you ready? Are you ready for the return of the King of kings? Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? I want you to open your hearts wide open as I read from Revelations 19. As Uncle Angus said, this is the word of God, guys. This word is powerful and is alive and, it's, and it cuts through soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It discerns even the thoughts and the intent of a heart. So if we allow ourselves, we open our heart this morning, something supernatural is going to happen because when the word of God goes out, it never returns void. Amen? So follow with me as I read in Revelations 19, 11 to 21. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written, sorry, he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on the white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. And himself, he himself treads the winepress of, of the fierceness and wrath of God, Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh the name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of the heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the king of the earth, and their armies, gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his armies. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive in the lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh." Can you see what I'm saying? I'm saying that the second coming is not going to be the same as the first coming. The first coming of Christ, He came to serve. The second coming is coming to judge. Are we ready? Are we ready for His second coming, guys? The time that we are living in is a short moment. There's a short moment in time that we are currently in where the door is open for us to respond to God. At the current time, the, kind, the time that we are in now, God is not here. Jesus is not here today to bring condemnation. He's here to bring salvation. Amen? He's here to bring salvation. He's here to restore. This is the time. This is dispensation, which is but a brief moment. It's like a breath of air. It's like a wink of an eye. And it will be over. It will be gone. Our opportunity to reconcile with God will be gone. Are we ready? Are we ready for the coming of Jesus Christ? And when he stands in front of you, ma'am, 
on the second coming when he stands in front of you with fire in his eyes and he's got a sword in his mouth ready to devour and he asks you this question, why should I allow you into the kingdom of heaven? What is your response going to be? So if he looks at you in the eye and he says to you, Ricardo, why should I allow you into the kingdom of heaven? Alani, why should I allow, why should Jesus allow you into the kingdom of heaven? Let's just think, let's just take a moment, guys, and think about it. Why? Oh, well, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm not just a bad person, guys. I'm okay, I'm a good guy. I've done a couple of good things. Maybe that's what you're thinking. I've done a couple of good things. You know, I haven't messed up horribly. At least if I look around me at the other people, you know, surely I'm better than, than they are. Romans 3 verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does this mean? Let me explain. In the beginning, there was God. And He created the heavens and He created the earth. And He created the, the skies and the water. And He created the, the, the land. And He created this, the fish in the sea. And He created the, uh, the, the birds in the air. And He created the land animals. And then he created human beings. He created Adam and he created Eve. And to Adam and Eve, he gave a specific instruction. He said to them, you can partake of anything in the garden. There's so much fruit. There's so much food here. You can partake of anything. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you're not allowed to partake. You're not allowed to eat. And you know the rest of the story. How Adam and Eve made a decision to disobey God. To disobey the commandment of God. And through that decision of disobeying Him and taking from the tree and eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they allowed sin to enter into this world. They allowed sin to enter into their body. They allowed sin to enter into the Garden of Eden. At that point, there was no sin. It didn't exist before that. They allowed sin to enter. And because, because God is a holy God, and Adam and Eve was now had sin in their lives. He had to remove himself from their presence. Why did he remove himself? Because of the love of God. He so loved them that he removed himself. Because you know what happens when holiness meets sin? Let me explain it this way. If you've got a room and it's dark, pitch dark, and suddenly you put the light on, what happens to the darkness? It disappears. It's gone. In God's goodness, he separated himself from man, not because he wanted to, but for their sake. Because if he had stayed there with them, they would have been poof, disintegrated. Because God, who is holy, cannot be in the presence of sin and sinners. Are you here with me this morning? So in his goodness, he separated himself so that they can survive, so that they can live. And that's why today, unfortunately, when we are born today into this world, we are created in the image of God, but we are born with the sinful nature of Adam and Eve. We are created in the image of God, but we are born into this world with the sinful nature of Adam and Eve. So without you even doing anything, this scripture in Romans 3 verse 23 is already true. We've already sinned and fall short of the glory of God because we have unfortunately inherited that sin of Adam and Eve. But maybe you say, that's a little bit far-fetched, that's a little bit far away. So let, let me bring it a bit more personal to you this morning. 
We all know the Ten Commandments, right? Let me just start with one of them. One of the Ten Commandments says you shall not, um, you shall not murder. Okay? But when Jesus came in the New Testament, he said, he took it one step further and he said, if you, as much as has a little bit of hatred in your heart towards one of your fellow people, another person, I tell you that you've already committed murder. So I want you to participation now this morning. By the show of hands, who have shown a little bit of hatred in their, in, in their heart towards someone in the past? What does that make you, sir? What does it make us? Murderers. Another one of the commanders, you shall not steal. Who of you have ever stolen something, small or big? What does it make us? A stealer. A thief. A thief. The third one, you shall not lie. Now all of us, all of you who haven't put up your hands yet, you've already lied. It makes us liars. So just by looking at three of the commandments, three of the ten commandments here this morning, we've already come to agreement that you and me, we are sinners, and we are not good people. We, can't, we, we don't deserve to go to heaven. We are sinful. Even if it wasn't for Adam and Eve, we have committed sin and fall short of the glory of God. Because when we think about goodness, we think, oh, I'm a good person. But our level of goodness is somewhere around here compared to God's holiness and His goodness and holiness. And the only way for us to kind of get an idea of where we are at is looking at the Ten Commandments, looking at the law of God to see that way, whoa, whoa, whoa. My goodness and God's goodness is like two different worlds apart. So this morning, we're all sinners. So in Romans 6, Romans 6, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned. Uh, sorry, Romans 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. Romans 6, verse 23. The wages of sin is death. What, is this? what does this mean? It means that just by our confession this morning, like we said, that we are sinners and we fall short of the glory of God, and what we deserve is we deserve eternal punishment. We deserve eternal separation from God. We deserve to be cast into hell. That's the bad news and the truth. But the good news is that that scripture doesn't end there. Romans 6 verse 23. Who knows the rest? The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is life. Eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? Are you still awake? Are you still with me this morning? What does it mean? What does it mean the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus? It means, ma'am, that... Jesus loved you so much. God loved you so much that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you on the cross. So you don't have to take the punishment of sin, but you can be set free. That is what this means. Jesus so loved you, ma'am. God so loved you that He sent His only begotten Son to die specifically for you. He didn't only die for you, He died as you. Which means that He took all your sin he took all your shame. He took all your, your sickness and iniquities. Everything He took upon Himself on the cross. Everything He took upon Himself on the cross. Now, how do we access that? How do we access that? Only through repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. 
Repent and turn. Repent and be baptized. Repent and turn back to God. Be reconciled. I want to tell you guys this morning that I believe that revival is here. This morning. Revival is not something in the future. The revival is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Revival is here and is now. But where there is no repentance, there is no revival. Where there is no repentance, there is no revival. We are not waiting for a move of God. We are not waiting for God to move. God is waiting for us, guys, to move. God is waiting for us to respond. He's already sent His Son. He's already paid the price. He's already made the way. The ball is in our court to repent and to respond. And that's what we're going to do here this morning. We're going to respond. We're going to respond to, to the cross of Christ. You know, see, when I was 18 years old, I was just an ordinary boy. I was just an ordinary religious schoolboy. when My brother started to invite me to church. And he, at first I didn't go, but he, eventually I went. And that evening... When, when the, the preacher was speaking, I don't even know what he was, I can't even remember what he was speaking ab- about anymore. But there was something about him, the way that he spoke, there was something in him that was different, that I hadn't seen before. And he was speaking about the, the, the uh, lames walking again, and the blind seeing again. And I was, there was something hitting me here in the chest. There was something hitting me saying that, Stephen, the Jesus that you are serving, and the Jesus that this man is serving, is not the same Jesus. Because the fire that is within this guy, the passion that is within this guy, that passion I didn't know. My Jesus was cold. My Jesus didn't raise people from wheelchairs. My Jesus didn't open people's eyes. I didn't have the fire of God within me. That evening as it was hitting me, just confronting me, that the Jesus that this guy has, the Jesus that this guy is speaking with, is not the Jesus, Stephen, that you've got in your life. And it hit me so hard, guys. It hit me so hard. And the Holy Spirit was tugging, tugging at my heart. My heart was racing. And the Holy Spirit was tugging at my heart, calling me, calling me to respond to this God, calling to me to respond to this Jesus. And I couldn't but respond. At the end of the service, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't but respond and just like almost ra- run to the front to say, God, if this is you, if this is the God of the universe, I want to know you. I want to know this God. I don't want to know this Jesus. God, because this is not the Jesus that I was brought up with. This is not the God that I, I used to know or that I know at the moment. But God, if you are real, God, if you are real, come and show yourself to me. God, I want to lay my, my life down to you. I want to serve this king. I want to know this king. I want to have a relationship with this king. And something happened to me that evening, which is unexplainable, but something happened. There was a shift, and we call it to be born again. Romans 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved not you might be saved possibly salvation will come you shall be saved you will be saved amen guys this is so precious if if we don't get this this is so precious all we have to do is respond to what God has already done to us for us yeah as I was preparing this this week, the Holy Spirit just laid it so strongly on my heart that many of us, many of us have grown cold towards the gospel message of Christ. He told me so clearly that many of us have gone, grown indifferent towards the cross of Christ. We look at the cross and we feel nothing. We think about Jesus and the sacrifice and we feel nothing anymore. We've grown cold. 
Many of us are bored with Christianity. So we look to other things to satisfy our needs, to fulfill us. Recreational activities, we, we look at other areas because we're not satisfied, not fulfilled, because we've lost our first love. We've lost our love and our wonder for the cross. Guys, if we lose this, we might as well just stop everything we do. We might as well just go home. If we lose our love for the cross, if we lose our love for Jesus Christ and what He did for us, if we lose our wonder for what happened that night with me, how He shifted the perspective. A sinner suddenly meeting a Savior. If we lose that, guys, what are we doing? If we lose that, what are we doing? So this morning, I'm going to give, in a, in a couple of moments, I'm going to give an opportunity for people to respond, and I believe Jesus wants to restore our cold hearts and give us a compassion again in our hearts for the lost. And I expect the whole Manau team to be here in front first. Because where you guys are going, if you don't have the compassion of Jesus in your heart, if you don't have the love of Christ in your heart, if you don't have the cross in the centerpiece of your life, you might as well just stay, guys. Whatever miracles happen, it doesn't matter. If people don't experience the love of Christ, it's the love of Christ that transforms us. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So I expect you guys to be up here in front. And there's going to be no facilitators here this morning to facilitate to you. This is a response. This is an opportunity for us to respond. If you're in any type of ministry in this church, I expect that you will come running here for us this morning. Because how can we expect to minister to people the love of Christ if we're not centered, our own lives not centered upon the cross of Christ? We cannot give what we don't have. We can't give what we don't have, guys. Parents in this house, I expect you guys to respond. I hope the mothers are listening at the back. They never have the opportunity to listen. But I hope the parents can come forth and we're going to have a little bit of holy chaos here this morning. Amen? But we want to be real this morning. We want to give opportunity for people to respond. We're going to have the, the children running around because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the children are running around. We're just going to come and bring our hearts. We're going to become fools before Christ again. To receive the love and the passion that is in, in God's heart for the lost. So we come out of this place and we say, where's the lost? I need to find them. I need to tell them about this Jesus that I've met. I need to bring them back. This is the good news of God. This is the good news. This is the gospel message, guys. Parents, how do we expect to raise our children in the ways of God if we are not Christ-centered ourselves. We can't send them to church and expect the church to do that. They will look at us at home and see if the fire of Jesus is in your eyes or not. Is the fire there? Because they will see it, they will pick it up. And they will follow you if the fire is there, they will follow. If the fire is not there, they won't follow. So in the moment, I'm going to give you opportunity for us all to respond. And we're going to actually pack away the first two or three rows of chairs because I expect the most of the congregation to come. But before we get there, that will only be the half of the gospel message if I stop there. That will only be half of the gospel message if I stop there. Go with me to Matthew 3 verse 11. It says, John the Baptist is speaking and he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We see John the Baptist, he's standing in the River Jordan, in the cold River Jordan, he's standing and he's baptizing people onto repentance. 
He's baptizing people onto repentance, but he's saying, guys, I'm baptizing you onto repentance into cold water, but there's one coming after me. His name is Jesus, and he's not going to baptize you into water. I'm not worthy to carry, carry his sandals. But this Jesus, he stands in another river, and I, I hope Andre is going to, oh, there's another river that Andre still needs to write about. And this is the river that Jesus himself stands in. And this river is called the river of liquid fire and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not standing in cold water. He's standing in the river of liquid fire and the Holy Spirit. And he's here this morning to baptize us in that river of liquid fire and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Are you ready, guys, to be baptized afresh in the Holy Spirit by Jesus this morning? He's here. He's here. You know what the word baptism means? It means to to immerse, to be dunked, to undergo, to be dipped, fully submerged. The word word baptism in the New Testament context, the word baptism is a very common, very common word used. Not today. Today is like a religious word, baptism. But in those days, it was a very common word. Because they used it to dye um, clothes or piece of cloth. When they, when they actually took a white cloth and they, they, dyed, they, they dyed the cloth in, say, red, red dye, they would say they baptized the cloth. People understood what it means to be baptized. They took the cloth and you baptize, you dye the cloth. Now, what happens with a white piece of cloth when you put it in red dye? When it comes out, what happens? It's red. Do you see any more white on it? It's red. It's fully immersed in red dye. It looks like red dye. It smells like red dye. It tastes like red dye. And guys, it's exactly the same when we are baptized by Jesus Christ into the river in this river of fire, this river of liquid fire in the Holy Spirit. When we come out of that place of the baptism, which Jesus Christ baptized us, when we come out of that place, we look like the Holy Spirit, we taste like the Holy Spirit, we speak like the Holy Spirit, we sound like the Holy Spirit. The fire of God is in our hearts and in our lives. People can see it. Because the old man is gone. The white is gone. There's no more white left. There's only red now. The old Stephen is gone. There's only the Holy Spirit and His fire living within me now, within us. Are you with me this morning?